Good evening, everyone. My name is um, Ada Rugg, and I will be sharing some of um, my thoughts um, from the passage you've just had read. As Richard mentioned, we are continuing our series uh, on our church values. And last week, I believe we did the three Ds, distinctive daily disciples. And this evening, we'll be looking at this passage through the lens of being proactive in mission. When we hear certain words, generally, we get a picture in our mind. I don't know, it might be just me, but I wanted to share with you what comes to my mind when I hear the word Christian mission. It's just a bit of light-hearted humor. Christian mission might seem like mission impossible. And there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding around the terms associated to mission. So before we get stuck into the passage, I just wanted to just make a few, to say a few things about mission. And I, I, I apologize in advance. This little bit is a bit teachy, so please do bear with me because I believe it's very important to understand what mission is. There's a very good book on mission, by the way, if anyone fancies a read. It's a bit of a brick. It's called Transforming Mission, and I'm sure there's a copy lurking upstairs in Richard's study if you're interested. So the term mission comes from a Latin word um, called missio, that means to send. You know, Christian mission starts with God. You know, the idea of doing mission, it's not ours, it's God's. You know, the first mission plan, the first mission plan was drafted in the Garden of Eden when God decided to send someone to, to sort out the mess that we created you know, um, I remember listening, I think I was in my teens, um, to a talk on mission, and it just sort of stayed with me, and he, the preacher put it this way, God had only one son, and he made him a missionary. There is a fam- the famous verse that we all know in the Bible, is John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he sent his son for us. And often, mission is understood in a sort of a very narrow sense of referring to um, aspects or projects. So you will hear about mission overseas or mission to the homeless as examples. But in the broader sense, every Christian is a missionary. We are all called and sent by God to have a real impact in our circle of influence. And we're going to return to this point because I think this is just very important to understand how practically that works in our lives. The passage we're we're looking at uh, this evening is, in essence, is Jesus' mission manifesto. Um, And mission statements are notoriously difficult to to write. And I know we as a church, we took a few good months to come up with our purpose statement. But I just never cease to be amazed at how the Bible gets it so simple, but so profound. 
you know, and the version, the message version of this passage says, God's Spirit is on me. He has chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. Sent me to announce pardon to prisoners and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set the burdened and battered free, and to announce this is God's year to act. So what can we understand about mission from this passage? Firstly, mission starts where you are. Jesus is back in his hometown, and you could say that it's a tough gig, you know, as people had already put him in a very narrow box, you know. Isn't he Joseph's son, the carpenter? And, and he goes to the synagogue, and the commentary says that that was his custom. Jesus was a regular worshiper. And we see Jesus' mission and ministry in the ordinary life. You know, he goes to a party, helps out with refreshments, and bam, you know, water turns into wine. You know, he goes for a drink at the well, and revival breaks into a, into a Samaritan village. And then we have the wonderful example of the little boy who shares his picnic lunch, and 5,000 people are fed. You know, God uses, get over my embarrassment, that's the way I was brought up. And to me, it just seemed like a natural thing to do. Um, and when one of Anouk's um, friends, we were in Buckingham at that point, um, was relocating to uh, Devon, I just thought, why don't I just um, throw her a goodbye party to invite their friendship groups and, and the mums? And, you know, it was a very easy thing to do, and it was more like an extended play date. Uh, they involved the mums as well. Uh, and I didn't do it because I was a Christian or because I wanted, I had any hidden, miss, you know, thing, I didn't think about it. I just did it. And after the party, the mum came to me and said that she was so touched and that she had been thinking that maybe she should explore Christianity. And what I did prompted her to think further and maybe look for a church when, where she moved. You know, God is amazing, and he uses those small things because he is at work. So mission starts where you are. And secondly, mission always involves the Holy Spirit. In the passage, the Holy Spirit is mentioned right at the beginning. And, and you know, Jesus comes, returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And as he picks up the scroll, the Spirit is on him to pronounce good news, to enable, to empower even Jesus to do God's mission. And it's very important to recognize that without God's guidance and his strength, we are going to set ourselves up for failure. Our role is to discern where the Spirit is going, where he is guiding, and having the courage to act on that. And thirdly, let's look at the mission statement. 
I did say that we are promoting a broad view of mission, but that is not to say that everything is mission, because if everything is mission, then nothing is mission. If you still have your Bibles open, um, or if you, if you close them, let's look at uh, verses 18 and 19, and it's page 1031. In this passage, Jesus' mission statement has a few very specific elements. Good news to the poor, freedom for prisoners, healing and justice. And you may notice that it covers two aspects. It covers the word, the thing that we say, the thing that we preach, and our actions, our deeds. And both are very important and incredibly powerful. You know, the list in this passage is not definitive. And there are lots of different and specific ways we can be involved in doing God's mission. Uh, so as we look at these examples from these two verses, I, I, just, I pray that God will, will, will speak to you. And you will make it clear what mission is calling you to be a part of. Proclaim good news to the poor. Our words have power. And I believe that the poor in this context doesn't just refer to finance, but to all those who are in a state of lacking that basic things to, to live their lives. You know, Jesus' message and our message brings words of hope, words of life and wisdom. A new way of looking at life, a new set of priorities. You know, we, you, can bring God's perspective on how to do life, on how to build marriages that last, on how to parent our children in meaningful ways, on how, how to discern and have the wisdom to seek careers, opportunities that are meaningful but don't sacrifice family life. And the list just goes on. And, and I wonder, what good news are you called to share in your current situation? Freedom for prisoners. You know, over the course of history, we know that Christians have fought for those trapped, both in the physical sense and for those who feel that there is no way out. And, you know, over the Christmas period, we collected money for uh, the charity CAP, Christian Against Poverty, doing amazing work with people um, trapped in, in debt. Um, you don't have to be an overseas missionary to be involved in setting captives, captives free and prisoners free. God puts things on our hearts. And we become proactive in mission when we respond to those nudges and not ignore them. Healing and justice, powerful words, both markers of God's presence. You know, whenever God, uh, Jesus went, he told people about the good news about the kingdom of God. And he healed people. And I've been very challenged by this. We know that God has power to supernaturally bring healing. And the New Testament is just full of examples of healing. And, you know, we know that we're blessed to, be, to live in a society where, you know, we have free health care. And God heals through, we've got quite a few doctors in our congregations tonight. 
But I also believe that we should pray for healing. I used to think that uh, people should pray for healing if they thought that God was guiding them to do so. But I've come to understand that God is infinitely more powerful and more wonderful than I can understand. And even if I don't get why some people get healed and others don't, we should pray for healing. Maybe God is calling you to pray for healing. And the last bit of this manifesto is an announcement of a different era. It's the year of the Lord's favor, the kingdom of God. I mentioned earlier that our mission is rooted in God's mission. And the kingdom of God is here. We live in that reality. And mission is simply simply bringing God into our day-to-day lives. And it is linked with being a disciple and with encountering God. You know, all these values that we're talking about, they're not just standalone values. They're all connected together. We encounter God. We follow God. And then we go out to bring others and to take that message to others. Um, Richard served his curacy in, uh, in Buckingham, and when we arrived there, Anouk was in reception, and Ilinka was two years old. It was, it was interesting, I was just looking at Anouk in Pathfinders, and I can't believe where the time's gone. Um, and the school the girls went to, it was the local school, was around the, the corner from our, our house, and at that point I wasn't working, I was at home. And I ended up getting involved on the governing body. And and again, it wasn't something that I had planned to do. Just I saw a plea. They they needed governors. I thought, I have a bit of time on my hands. I'll become a governor. Um, And as I started to pray for the role and for the school, I realized that God had a plan already. It wasn't a Christian school, um, and I think at that point we were the only Christian family. I think six months later another family, a Christian family, arrived. But looking back, it has been one of the most exciting, the most actively missional periods of my life. Um, I experienced so many God moments um, just to share one with you, one day I just went in to meet with the head teacher and it was supposed to be a just purely a, a business me- meeting, looking at data or something boring like that. And that morning she had received the news of her dad's cancer diagnosis. And then I spent about two hours in her office just talking, you know, talking about the big stuff. And just being able to say, I'm praying for you and I'll continue to pray for you. 18 months later, the governing body had five committed Christians out of 12 people. Uh, and we had new set of values that reflected uh, you know, a distinctive Christian um, you know, ethos. And the de- when we also appointed a, a Christian deputy head, and God allowed me to be a part of that, and I can't tell you how exciting that, that period of time was, and that's what it means to be proactive in mission. As I finish, I just want you to take a few minutes 
just to reflect on, on some questions. You know, Christian mission is not mission impossible. <laughs> your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to bring God in your daily context. What is your circle of influence? Why do you think God has placed you there? How can you bring God's values, God's healing presence, his hope, where you are right now?